0: So um, one of the things I had requested that we do the last time was to make a list of some of the things that we know in our hearts, maybe strongholds or, you know, just prayerfully ask the Holy Spirit to show us some things that may be exalting themselves or, you know, trying to compete with the, the place of God or the place of Christ, any, any, anything that is, um, a stronghold, a stumbling block, you know, um, any mindset any belief, uh, any opinion really that just pretty much challenges the word of God. And the truth is for each of us, there is the Holy Spirit would convict us and show us some things, even if it was just questions, you know, um, it was an exercise that I, that I also did. Um, not too long ago. And after I did that, the next thing I did was, um, I sat down with each of them and I looked for, um, a scripture that challenged each of them. So if it's, for instance, uh, maybe, um, do not steal, right? I looked for a scripture that talked about, um, stealing. Um, okay. Stealing was not one of them, but no, like it matters, but, um, do not steal. And I looked for a scripture or looked for scriptures that related to that, that relates to stealing rather um, example scriptures like um, the enemy comes to steal, to kill and destroy. Do you understand? So when, when that one scripture comes, I allow the Holy Spirit to explain to me why, if this is already the work of the enemy, then me, I am a child, child of light. I shouldn't be doing the things that the enemy does. Why? So that if and when he comes, he would not find himself in me. There will be no condemnation, you know, and then I started to write and those writings led to prayers, you know, for each one. I took each one. I found a scripture and I prayerfully, um, you know, went to war um, with these scriptures concerning these areas. And, you know, the list went on. Like I said, I think I had about, 11 to 15 things on my list and for each of them I found at least two scriptures you know and I kept going on and on and on so I'd like to encourage us to do that please don't throw your list away if you if you haven't if you haven't made your list you can also um you can also make your list um of 10 things at least 10 things 10 areas where you may be struggling 10 areas where you know you're having a hard time 10 areas where um you haven't fully trusted or surrendered to God concerning whatever it issue it is and prayerfully find the scriptures and take it before God and you know just pray um and go to war with it so this morning i would continue with um this scripture we were reading, um, actually, there was a scripture that Pastor Uche mentioned yesterday, which is in Matthew six twenty-two. It says, the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. And so um, I just looked at the lamp, you know, and how the lamp is what is what lights up the body the lamp is what keeps and preserves oil a lamp is what even attracts people to you but most importantly it is what is like what attracts you to people as well it is what draws you to people it's like once the lamp is lit the people that can it, it lights up your life and so you can see who you are and people from the outside can identify you and you can also see what are the similarities between myself and the people that I am, I want to connect with. And so the Bible tells us that, um, the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. And, um, if, if your mind is healthy, if your mind is renewed, then your whole body, every part of your being will be filled with the light of God. If you're, if you have, if you are constantly walking in repentance, then your whole body will be full of light. Your whole body, there will be no shadow of turning. There will be no darkness in you, you know, and that is why it is a constant walk. And one of the things that the Lord, um, you know, helped me understand while I was preparing the notes was that, um, Repentance is not a one-time event you know, we are constantly repenting because we are constantly growing and we're constantly experiencing God. And we ourselves are constantly changing. We are constantly being renewed. So there are certain, you know, we're, we're, we're growing past certain things. We're going past certain levels. And the way we understood things yesterday is not the same way we understand it tomorrow. And that is why we cannot be stuck in our ways because growth is not static. It is progressive. You know, so our repentance should also be progressive we went from a point in our lives where we were doing where we were probably um you know constantly checking okay I have done this and I have done that and that's enough but now we are going beyond all of those things and just like Paul we are pressing and we are constantly running this race because there is something that is guaranteed at the end of the race and that thing and that person is God that we will inherit him and he would also inherit us that is the greatest reward and that is why we keep pressing You know, I was having a conversation with someone yesterday, and the person didn't say anything in particular that was wrong or right, but it was just how aware of the world they were that was in bits. You know, it just rubbed me off the wrong way. They are constantly taken by the latest things, the latest, you know, and it's not, I don't know how to explain it. It's not that those things are wrong, but it's like you are so immersed in this world that is so fleeting and so unreal, you know? And at some point I said, hey, you know, we're we're actually still going to heaven eventually. What what are you going to do with all of these things that you want to amass? What are you going to do with all of these things, with all these, you know, with all these affections that you have for the things of this world? Like, at what point are you going to disengage or disconnect? Why are you so you know, in tune with the system of this world, you are so in touch with everything and it gives you such a thrill. You know, um, I'm sure maybe three or four years ago or maybe five years ago, I wouldn't have thought this was an issue, you know, but there was just something about it that made me feel like this person is so entangled with too much of this world. There cannot be enough room or space for God, Um Yeah, I just, you know, I don't know why. I just thought I should share that. So we're talking about repentance. And one of the things the Bible says about repentance is change your inner self, change your old way of thinking. Guess what? As at today, yesterday was an old way you know, and it's not to say, so like I said, growth is progressive. So it's not to say that we are completely throwing away the lessons that we have learned. No, but we are building and we are constantly refurbishing. Like we said on the first day of the call, it says regretting past sins, living your life in a way that proves repentance, seeking God's purpose for your life. How do you regret past sins? It is not just by being remorseful, but by actually Making the conscious effort not to return to those things, making the conscious effort to turn away. And that's why when um, um John the Baptist came, he said, prepare the way of the Lord. He came and he was preaching that message of repentance. He said, prepare the way, prepare the way of the Lord. He said, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. And to prepare, it means to turn away from something and look towards something. And I believe that's why the Bible says, um, if your eyes are single, your body will be full of light. We cannot do two things at a time. It's impossible. Even though you have two eyes, you can only focus on. On one thing even if you tried even you know like even if you tried really the eyes cannot look in two separate directions and so this work of repentance is very very absolute our eyes must be fixed we must set, set our faces like a flint you know and as we grow we must remember that we are like I said we're not discarding the truths and the journeys and the the victories that we have attained in the past but we are building on it and we are growing and we are allowing ourselves to progress from it. Praise God. And so, um, um, to change your inner self. I remember one of the experiences that I had recently, um, um, I had shared it with, I had shared it with PI and, um, one of the days we were talking, you know, she was telling me about a dream that she had. And in that dream, she saw, she saw someone who we know, I mean, from the understanding of that dream, that person was Jesus and he was treating people. And it seemed like he was performing a surgery on people. And, you know, when she asked him, he said, I'm changing their nature. I'm changing their DNA. I'm changing their nature because honestly, to fully repent, your nature has to be changed. And this scripture says it, it says, change your inner self your old way of thinking, to be able to change your mind. Because this, you know, repentance metanoia means change your mind, change the way you think. For you to be able to change your mind, you have to, your inner man has to be changed. And your inner man is really who you really are, your nature, your DNA. And so for us to even change or accept that change, it starts with Jesus Christ. He's the one that can change us. he's the balm in Gilead he's the great physician. So there is no there is there is there is there is nothing that is too hard for him literally with the blood of Jesus any person can be changed and that is why he tells us take this communion in remembrance of me every time we are taking the body and the blood of Christ we are remembering him <clears throat> we are remembering the life that he lived and he lives we are remembering the victory and the battles that he fought on our behalf and the, 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 the victories that he won for us. We are remembering that he came and changed our lives. You know, we are remembering that we are no longer who we were, but we are now made new with him. We are now seated with him far above principalities and powers. We are seated in heavenly places with him. And, you know, I'd like us to pray this morning. I'd like us to unmute our mics and pray and just say, Father, change my life, change the way that I think. Jesus changed the way that I think, changed my understanding, changed me in every area that 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 may struggle with you change me in every area that I haven't fully accepted you change me in the areas where your salvation is not even evident in my life not to the people on the outside but even to me father I pray that your hand of your hand will rest upon me oh God and you will renew me Lord from my inner man from my soul Lord every part of my life that um, is in conflict with the nature of Christ anything that stands in the way of my repentance anything that stands in the way of me preparing my life lord to be a worthy sacrifice unto you father i ask and pray father that you will change it father because you have the power to do it and so i surrender my life to you jesus i give You and I say, Father, do that which is required, oh God. Father, do that which is required. I lay myself at your feet today. I lay myself at your table, oh God, Father. Whatever it takes, whatever is required, oh God, for the change, oh God, to happen, Lord, by your power, by your might, by your grace and your mercy, Father, let it be done in the name of Jesus. Please lift up your voices and pray, Father. Have your way, do your will, Jesus. Bredo Sakin, ne Bradabane, Bradu Shadabrakide Boski, Madelebosha, the Braca Bazan, the Bredebade, the the Bredebade, the Bredebade, the Bredebade, the Bredebade, the Bredebade, the Bredebade, the the Bredebade, the Bredebade, the Bredebade, the the Bredebade, the Bredebade, the Bredebade, the Bredebade, the oh father change everything that needs to be changed turn everything that needs to be turned oh god let it be let it be turned to face you oh god let it be turned to look at you oh god father turn my eyes from the areas where i am still wavering where i am still unsure oh god build me up and strengthen me by your word jesus in the name of jesus in Jesus, name. in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Um, um, sorry, there's some echoing. I don't know where it's coming from. Okay. So um, one of the things that I know that God will do for us in this period is he would help us become reacquainted reac- reac- with him. Why? Because we have come to another. We are growing. You know, um, and the more we grow, like I said, we are experiencing him and we receive capacity to express him also. So he's re he will. We are reacquainted ourselves with him and we are taking on more of him than we did before. So it may look different, you know, because we always say that change is a thing in life. But the truth is change is the hardest thing to accept. It is so hard because what you know is what is comfortable. So most times you don't want to change. Most times, in fact, I, I started to realize that most times we're more excited about the idea of change than the actual process of change. So there's the idea of it and then there's the process of it. And the process of it can be very hard. You know, the process of it can be very challenging. The process of change can be very um, humbling you know but um we cannot remain who we used to be because um at some point growth is 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 not just a requirement it becomes your life you can't stay static um and so when john the baptist came and he was preaching this message of repentance um the Jews actually believed that they would automatically be accepted. You know, the people in that time, they thought, of course, they will automatically be accepted into um, the Messianic kingdom. So you see his message of repentance as a requirement was very strange to them and they couldn't understand it and it was very difficult for them to accept it. So... um, They knew that there was something coming, but they didn't think they they were the ones that were going to change. They thought it was going to happen to them automatically. Um, It was hard for them, we see. And that message of repentance, it's even probably annoyed them more than it should have because they thought they were they thought they had everything that they needed they thought they had all that it took they just thought okay once once the messiah comes you know it's already a done deal and you see one of the things that stands out in all of that is pride you cannot have pride and in fact you can't have pride and and Excel in God's kingdom. You cannot have pride and excel in your work, even in life. You know, pride really does come before a fall. Pride really stands in the way. Pride prevents you from seeing yourself the way that um, it. It creates like a, a tinted view of who you are. It starts to create certain pictures and makes you feel as if um, um, you know you cannot be corrected, you cannot be chastised, and it stands in the way of your change and. One One of the biggest problems um, that um, Lucifer had, which led to his fall, was pride. The Bible actually talks about it. Where did I write it down? It's in Ezekiel. The Bible says he became, he became, he glorified himself in his own eyes, you know, and um, when he got to that place where he became very proud and you see the things that made Lucifer proud were not things they were very valid things they were the things that were given to him as a blessing you know but but um, <coughs> The Bible says by the multitude of your training, by the way that you have over engaged and entangled yourself with the things of the world, you forgot about your mission. You forgot about the reason why you were sent to this territory called the earth. You forgot why, you know, or you now created your own plan and you had your own agenda and you pretty much pushed the agenda of God of the kingdom of God to the to the back bench you know and it now became about you you elevated yourself in your own eyes and because of, that was the beginning of his downfall so many times the reasons why people may become proud is not because it's because of the things that they have the things that God has blessed them with the gifts and the callings that God has placed upon their life. so We should also pray that the blessings of God do not become a problem for us because we know that his blessings and his gifts are without repentance. So when God gives you something, he's not going to Do you understand? He's not going to strip you off of it. When he gives you a gift, when he, when he blesses you with something, it is yours. He doesn't, he doesn't, when it comes to that, he's not going to, you know, and so many times we may, if we're checking to see, oh, do I, is the blessing and evidence of, of God's hand or God's presence in my life, we may miss it. And if we keep looking at the particular thing and not looking at the God who has given us those things, that's where we begin to miss the point. Remembering that repentance means turning away from past sins. And we understand that sinning is not just, oh, I killed this person or I was rude to this person. It's about missing the point. So Lucifer missed the point of why he was sent. He missed the point. And that is why we must constantly be checking. We must constantly be filtering our, you know, auditing our minds, auditing our souls, constantly checking and filtering to know Am I taking on too much of the world? How much of the world am I acquainting myself with? It is good to be um, aware of things. It is good to be enlightened. It is good to have informed. All of those things are great. But there's a thin line between information and over entanglement, you know, um, and that's why we always have the Holy Spirit with us. There's this scripture that talks about putting a knife to your throat. And I believe it is not just when we sit before the kings of this world. The Bible says, it's in the book of Proverbs, it said, when you sit before a king, put a knife to your throat, especially if you are one given to appetite. We must realize that we are seated with Christ, far above principalities and powers, we are seated with Him. Christ Himself is a King, so we are constantly sitting with the King of Kings. We are constantly sitting before the presence, or you know, pres- um, standing before the presence of God. And so, if the Bible is saying, "When you sit before kings, put a knife to your throats," remembering that we carry God's presence, we must always have that knife to our throats. We must constantly check. We must constantly, and this is not to say become agitated or live in a constant state of anxiety or um, or fear of the world. No, but always remember to call on the Holy Spirit for the small things, for the big things, for the, you know, for the not, not so, the, the things that we think are mediocre, whatever it is, always invite the Holy Spirit, always invite the presence of God to help you, always invite the person of Jesus, always invite the word of God to lead you and to light up your path. So another thing that helped me when I made this list was God didn't just show me the truth of some of the things that were strongholds for me and the scriptures that um, helped me go past it, but the Lord also showed me the the, the the judgment of the adversary, which is the devil. And he took me to that scripture in Ezekiel and started to show me how this is the beginning and the end of Lucifer. So the person that is even trying to wage this war with you, this is his end. You are going to judge him. This is the story of his life. There's no future for him. You know, and that in itself kind of like it just gave me like um, maybe I was looking at things from maybe 30 degrees before, from a 30 degree view. It gave me like a 180 or maybe 270 degree view. I started to see things even more clearly. So every time after that, every time I'm faced with a situation, you know, I start to remember who has God called me to be. Um. What is the enemy trying to do? And what is the end of his journey? And by the time I can look at these things and other questions that the Holy Spirit puts in my heart, there's just this piece about choosing God's will or sometimes just waiting even longer for God. You know, sometimes we feel like when we're, um, when when options or choices are placed before us, we may feel, oh, I must respond, or I must say something now, or I must give an answer now. Sometimes the response is just waiting on God and not saying anything. Sometimes the response is just choosing to spend more time in God until he gives you clarity on what to do on the next steps to take. Praise God. So um, I just wanted to share that about how God just showed me This is the story. This whole battle that we're, you know, that a lot of people are fighting now, is the enemy just trying to project lies? Another illustration that he gave me was, um, you know, how sometimes you you hear people say things like, um, um, or maybe someone that has maybe low self esteem or has insecurities, never has anything good to say about another person, right? So um, most times you hear words like, oh, that person is just projecting their feelings on you. Don't take it personal. That person is just projecting or they're trying to bring you down because they don't feel good about themselves. And I started to understand what it means for a spirit to possess someone, you know. Um, And so that's why when you see or you speak with people that are possessed or oppressed by a spirit or by the enemy, you see that there's a certain way that they behave. There's a certain way they act out. And that's why the Bible tells us, um, God hasn't given us the spirit of fear, but of power of love and a sound mind. Why? Because that spirit of fear is a projection of the constant states that the enemy is in. He's constantly afraid and agitated. And so when he's able to oppress or possess a person, he's constantly making them feel afraid, anxious, agitated, you know, constantly making them feel as if they are below um, below the level that can receive the love of God, because that is where he's at. And so I say this um, to, to maybe bring some kind of comfort to us. Every time you find yourself in a situation where maybe you feel afraid, you feel ashamed, you feel like you are not good enough, you have to ask yourself, whose version am I listening to? Whose version of my life am I listening to? could this be God's report for me? Or is this the report of the enemy? Because Jesus Christ is the Prince of Peace. So when Christ steps into a person's life, or when Christ comes into a person's heart, you be how, don't you notice how when you read your Bible, you are surrounded by such peace. Every time you stay in the word of God, every time you are communing with God, you stay in that atmosphere of worship. You know, it is easy for you to do God's will. Why? Because you are allowing the spirit of God. You are allowing the spirit of Christ Jesus to um possess or to take control of your life and christ himself that is the prince of peace is able to project that which he carries through you and that is why the bible we are his light and we are the city that he has set on the hill because we are showing his personality to the world. We are showing his nature to the world. We are showing his character to the world. So it must never become about us. When we start to do us, that real us is really the flesh that is trying to contend with the spirit of God. And that is why we are constantly um, in a place of retreating with God. We are constantly in a place of checking with God. We are constantly in a place of prayer. We are constantly in a place of seeking and searching the word of God why? So that Christ can be fully formed in us. So all of these things that we're doing is we're allowing Christ to be formed in us. We're allowing Christ to be formed in us. We're allowing his nature to be formed in us. We're allowing the word of God to sit in us. We're allowing it to stay so that it can bear fruits. The Bible says that we should live our lives so that we can bear fruits that are worthy of repentance, bear fruits that are worthy of a journey with God, bear fruits that are worthy of a relationship and a walk with God. Because repentance doesn't just speak of turning away, it actually also talks about a path and a life. And a path is like a staircase with building blocks. You know, so it we shouldn't just be speaking the God life, we should be leading and living the God life. So that when people come to us, when people encounter us, our lives become like a ladder. It becomes like a path through which they are able to touch God. They're able to see God. They're able to experience God. You know, I was having a conversation with someone the other day who, um, when we started talking the first time, he said he thought he was Muslim. Then he thought he was atheist. Then he thought he was, I can't remember, the third religion, you know, and in the space of less than an hour, I realized that first of all, it is a confused spirit that is at work in this person's life, you know, and um, I've had a few conversations with this person and we just, at some point, this person starts telling me how, oh, he remembers, he used to, he he's he's seen, he's had, he doesn't, maybe he doesn't realize, but he has even had like um, a dream or a vision where he stood before the throne room of God. Those were not his words, but when he said it, you know, I was just like, if only you knew. How, how how, much God is invested in your life. You know, if only you knew how much God sees you, if only you knew that all of these things that you are going through thinking that you belong to a school of thoughts here and a school of thoughts there is all done. You know, um, there's just, there's just, there's just, um, there's just so much that is going on in the world. And there's so many people that are confused and our lives should not complicate things anymore. You know, after we come together, I I love that we are able to pray, but I think God is also challenging me now in the area of fruits, you know, not just in words that are spoken over a virtual call where I'm not seeing people's faces, but in my daily life and in my daily walk, how am I touching lives? How am I showing Christ? What are my words building? What fruits are being harvested in my life? Um, What examples can people see through my life? When people, and this is not about trying to please people, right? But it's just, how are you pleasing God? How are you showing Christ? How are you communicating Christ? And that is why we must constantly keep our eyes single so that the light of God can fully shine through our lives. Praise God. Um, I know I'm saying so much and I know that um, we, will, we should be praying. Um, but I, I, one of the things that I hope we're able to do after these calls is, take these words and pray them over our lives. You know, take these words and find ourselves in these pages of scripture. Take these words and identify key areas where God is highlighting to us and asking us to go through the process so that we may arrive at the change that he wants for us. (laughs) Praise God. And so the question is, what are you calling yourself that God hasn't called you? Because when we talk about repentance most times, it is also about repenting from the way that we see ourselves. You know that if we started to see ourselves really the way that God saw us, there are so many things that we would not fight with. There are so many things that will not be an issue for us if we really saw ourselves in the light of God. The reason why many may not understand preparation is because they have not regarded or respected or seen themselves in the light of God. And so preparation also speaks of respecting. When I checked one of the the root words for respect for preparation, it talked about regarding a way, respecting a way, you know, just having regard so much so that you can turn your face from whatever it was that you're doing to behold this new thing. And so um, what are we respecting and what are we regarding? What's taking up our time? What is captivating us? What is exciting us? Um, What are we, you know, paying attention to? And um, the voice of the one that calls, because that was how um, John the Baptist was, was spoken of in the Bible. It says the voice of the one that calls in the wilderness is saying, um, prepare the way of the Lord. The voice of the one that calls is not just a voice that addresses things or chastises people or corrects people or calls things out. But you know, that word was actually likened to um, Adam when he was identifying things in the in, in the book of Genesis. It also speaks, it was likened to, um, create the creation story when God was creating and he was calling things as they were so the voice of the one that calls is not just telling you this is what you are doing wrong this is what you must do no but it is first showing you your true identity of who you are in God and so that that is what actually led to the question of what are you calling yourself that God hasn't called you? And how can we begin to repent if we don't see the full picture of who God has called us to be? You know, so it really starts with us. And I, I believe that the work that it's this particular prayer is very personal. It's about first realizing that, okay, from that list that we created. Okay, these things, how are they evening? Who has God called me to be? Maybe that's even the first place we start to address things or introduce scriptures. Who has God called me to be? Who does God say that I am? If God has called me this person, what does it mean to be a person of dominion? What are the characteristics of a person who has dominion? What does it mean to be to walk in dominion? He says, be fruitful and multiply. If God is saying that he has called me blessed, you know, then what does it mean to walk in blessing? What does it mean to walk in curses? And the Lord is saying that I am not cursed. He's saying that I am blessed. And you begin to write these truths about yourself. The truth is, the more you write it, the more it becomes real to you, and it becomes personal to you. So this morning, I'd like us to pray, you know, as we get ready to round up and just say, Father, help me turn my mind or fully repent from the from the times or from the places where I have believed a lie about who you have called me to be, because it is not humility. Plain, plain, small and calling yourself less than who God has called you to be. The truth is, most times we think it is about us. But what we are doing is we are mocking God and we are pretty much telling God that hmm, this thing that you said, we're calling God a liar. You know, by saying that what he has called a person or called a thing to be is not true, that it does not add up. If God had poured himself and poured his breath upon us and taken such time and intentionality to create us, why do we think it is okay to even believe a lesser version of who God called, God has called us or created us to be? And so we are praying that the Lord will deliver us from every mindset that uh, that is below or beneath the standards or the people that he has called us to be, that we would begin to see ourselves in the pages of scripture. We will begin to understand even better who he has called us to be so that certain things will no longer be be a problem for us in the name of Jesus. Let us pray for understanding. Let us pray for clarity. Let us pray for enlightenment. Let us pray that the light of God would even flood our hearts, that we will start to see our ourselves and uh, you know in a new way or rather we will start to see ourselves the way God called us to be the, the way God sees us we will start to see the way he sees we'll start to understand the way he does in the name of Jesus please let us pray father in the name of Jesus I even ask this morning Lord that you would help me repent of every area and every aspect Lord where I haven't trusted you where I haven't given my my mindsets to you concerning myself oh God if there are Any areas, Lord, where I still struggle. Lord, you see them and you know them. Reveal the truth to me. Reveal the truth of your word to me. Reveal the truth of your plan of creation to me, oh God, why you called me, why you created me, why you crafted me, oh God. Father, help me to repent of the times where I didn't believe or trust you the times when i have played small the times where i have not chosen your word i have believed a lie oh god maybe by reason of association oh god or maybe just by staying away from your word father i have journeyed so far from your light lord that i i i have be, begun to dwell in darkness and i can't see clearly anymore oh father i pray oh god that today as your word comes lord that i will arise and shine oh god because indeed your light is come and your glory is risen upon me. I would see myself through the lenses of your glory. I would see myself through the lenses of your light. I would see myself through the lenses of Christ Jesus. In the name of Jesus, Father, this is my prayer. And I pray this for everyone on this call, oh God, that eyes will be open, Lord. There will be liberty, oh God, to believe, to understand who you have called us to be in the name of Jesus. In a world where there is so much confusion and there is so much noise, oh God, Father, let our hearing and our seen not be tainted by the corruption and the evil of the world of this age oh god but father let our eyes and our ears oh god be tuned into heaven oh god show us how to tune into you show us how to look to you show us lord even how to believe you show us how to take your word and run with it show us how to take your word lord and 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 allow it sit in our hearts oh god until it becomes our very life father this is our prayer in the mighty name of Jesus, in the mighty name of Jesus, in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Father, we even just pray for liberty, oh God, over everybody. Over everyone on this call liberty lord to fully to fully come into the knowledge of christ liberty lord to believe liberty to walk in the freedom lord that would allow us grow that would allow us progress oh god that would allow us fully repent oh god father the liberty to go past strongholds the liberty oh god to go past roadblocks or anything that stands in the way of of changing and being renewed oh god liberty father liberty us by your spirit because your word says where the spirit of the lord is there is liberty and so father i declare that today liberty has come for your people in the mighty name of jesus in the mighty name of jesus amen amen and amen praise god so finally um i'd like us to know that um when we change, you know, from everything we've said, change, the change that we are experiencing is not a change that is independent of God. It is a change we're experiencing because of who God is. We are changing because we are receiving more of him. So it should not intimidate us. It should not scare us. It should not put us in a box. It should not make us shut things out that we we haven't known or we haven't been used to because our God is eternal. We are experiencing him in phases. We are experiencing him in doses. We're experiencing him in times and in seasons. And that is why we are constantly changing. So change should encourage us. Godly change should encourage us to know that we are growing in him. We are growing in him, we are journeying in him, we are are getting bigger and fatter in our knowledge of him, remembering that Christ is the one that is being formed in us and he will be fully formed in us and until then we have to keep pressing and allowing ourselves to stretch. I pray that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit would be with each and every one of us. I'm not just saying this as a religious um, recitation, but really the grace to even accept the change, the grace to receive the change, the grace to give ourselves to the process of the change. I pray that it will be made available for us. The love of God that reminds us that God does not um, condemn us but because of his love he calls us he he brings out the best in us um that because he loves us he wants to see and reap fruits from our lives that look like him i pray that the love of god and the fellowship of the holy spirit because without the spirit we can't do these things without the spirit it feels like we are alone without the holy spirit it feels like we are not being seen without the holy spirit we can't build. Without the Spirit, we cannot receive that connection with God. We cannot come into that communion with God. And that is why we pray for the grace, the love, and the sweet fellowship of the Spirit, that it will abide with each and every one of us. It will dwell in our hearts, dwell in our homes, dwell in our lives in the mighty name of Jesus. I pray that there will be a tangible manifestation of every word that we have heard this morning and, you know, so far on this, on this prayer ring and all the words that we have been receiving that everything will accumulate. And in the day that it is necessary, in the day that is required, it will come, it will show forth for us. It will bear fruits in our lives in the mighty name of Jesus. I pray that the Lord will cause his face to shine upon each and every one of us. I pray that as we walk circumspectly in this world, that the Lord will continually lead us by the light of his word, that his path will continually be our preferred option. We will never have to lower our standards because of a lack of understanding. We will constantly remember who God has called. Us to be and we will see the full picture of this battlefield and see that there is an adversary that is constantly trying to contend for our inheritance or to rob us of the blessings and the rewards that we have as sons of God and we will not fall victim to the darkness or the deception of the enemy in the mighty name of Jesus. I plead the blood of Jesus upon every heart and every mind and I even just pray for this house called the people of influence that the hand of God will continue rest upon this ministry. The hand of God will rest upon the ministers. The hand of God will rest upon the pastors. The hand of God will rest upon the members. The hand of God will continually be um, present and his presence will fill our very lives. In the name of Jesus, that his hand, his light, his life will be seen through us in the mighty name of Jesus. That none of us will none of us will, will, will fall by the wayside. None of us will miss the mark. None of us will get to a place where we can't journey anymore for whatever reason it is, whether it is because of pride or loss of the flesh. Anything that stands in the way will never contend with the place of God in our lives. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray, Father, that you fill us with more and more and more of you, O God. Let your name be glorified. Let your kingdom be established through our lives, through our hands, O God. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen.